0: This morning we're going to look in Acts chapter 2, and uh, well, you folks pray for me this morning now because this is, this is something that, that God has, you know, He's, he's um, placed me here this morning for a specific purpose, and that is to bring the Word of God. And as I found a long time ago, as long as we are true to the Lord, He's going to be true to us. And In fact, He's true to us whether we're true to Him or not. He takes care of us. You know, many people today are wringing their hands. They're wondering, well, what, what is next? People today have been exposed to sickness, to uh, viruses, and even to death. And this is beyond anything that some people that, that we in this country have experienced. Well, maybe years ago it took place, but we're here today and, and things are happening. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we read about birth, We read about life, we read about death, and we read about the grave. Now, we know that birth takes place unless there is a physical problem or unless murder takes place, and that is abortion. And that takes place many times before the child is born and many times even after the child is born. Well, birth. After birth, of course, comes life in this world. And many people I've, I've encountered, uh, in Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 13, I believe many people live like this, and behold, joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine, let us eat and drink. Many people live for that today. Their only concern is living for the moment, is living for the day, eating and drinking. Well, for many people, that's life. But you know, then there comes something that they sometimes look at. It says, and that verse goes on to say in Isaiah 22, verse 13, For tomorrow we shall die. People today, according to that verse that says joy and gladness, they have no happiness. Happiness only comes through our Savior, Jesus Christ, through God himself. Well these people actually I think they they try to ignore the last part of that verse it says, For tomorrow we shall die. Death happens, folks, and it happens to every person in this world. As we think of that in Romans chapter five and verse twelve it says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Death happens. And then after death comes the grave. In Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 18 it says, for the grave cannot praise thee, speaking of God. In the grave, people cannot praise God. Death, uh, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. See, once birth, life, and death, and the grave have taken place, it's too late to say, what shall I do? It's more or less, what should I have done? But what shall I do? It's an awful thing to die and miss heaven and go to a devil's hell. Right. There's many people today, uh, uh, they do not believe in heaven. They do not believe in hell. Um, a lot of people believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. What do you have to do to go to hell? Nothing. You do nothing to go to hell, you're just waiting. It's coming. You do nothing. On the other hand, something must be done to get to heaven. And your, your question today, if you've never trusted Christ as your savior, what shall I do? Now pastor, if you're listening this morning, and I believe you are, you're keeping an eye on me. You're watching and, and I would say that we're praying for you and uh, God is still on your side, we know that. And uh, you stay true to the Lord and I know you have. And uh, I know the warden, Janice, is there with you, and and she's watching out for you. She's also the inspiration of the Lord, I believe, and she's your helpmeet. And uh, each of us need to depend upon our wives to help us to a certain extent. Pastor, we're praying for you, and uh, I want to pray right now that God would have his way. Father, we thank you today for loving us and taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor. We pray for him that you would uh, just lift him up. I know he wants to be here. And uh, Lord, uh, we just pray for him that you would strengthen him, and give him the strength he needs and give his wife the strength she needs. And Father, now I pray for these, your folks who are here today. Uh, I pray for myself that even I, Lord, once again would receive your word with gladness. And, and uh, Lord, that each of us would go out of this place on top of the world, realizing that you are still in charge. Father, I pray for that person today who does not know you as Savior. May that person today, Lord, realize their great need. May they, Lord, ask that question, what shall I do? Because, Lord, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And I pray now, Lord, that you would bless your word as it goes forth. In Jesus' name, amen. In Acts chapter 2, we start reading in verse 22 here. It says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Of course, this is Peter speaking. He's talking to the people of of, uh, Israel here. Now, this is the man who had denied the Lord just before the Lord was crucified. You know the account of how it took place there. Just before he was crucified, Peter denied the Lord. And... In my mind's eye, I can see as the Bible says that as Peter was standing there on the sidelines, Christ came out. And if you know how that Christ looked at him, I don't believe he looked at Peter with, with a scowl or with something that, that would be somewhat of a reprimand. I think that just his look, when he looked at Peter, Peter saw him look at him. And I believe all of these things, all of these things that he had denied the Lord for, came back to him. Well, the Bible says that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Well, here's Peter now, the man who had denied the Lord. Here is Peter now, standing up, and he says, "Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. These people had the Lord crucified. Crucify Him! They had been given every opportunity to say, we have seen all these miracles, we have seen everything He's done, and He is God, and we're going to back Him. But yet, They said crucify him. Verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. Now when they had heard this, these people of Israel, when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that gift is salvation. The gift of the Holy Ghost, salvation. Peter said repent and be baptized. He didn't say be baptized and repent. There's no water that can wash away the sin off of the old sinful person that walks this earth. There is is no water strong enough for that except the water of life and that comes from Jesus Christ himself. He is the bread of life, he is the water of life. He said you have taken him and you've killed him. But I submit to you today that every person in this room, every person in this world watching, listening, every person in this world who refuses to receive Jesus Christ as as Savior, they're as guilty as these people who stood in, in Israel and said, crucify him because they're denying the only Lord God, Jesus Christ. Repent. Get saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then you get baptized. Well, men and women, think of this. Men and women cannot go to heaven as they are. There has to be a change. Men and women must have a changed nature. A person must be changed from the natural to the divine nature. That doesn't mean that we become little gods, that, may, that means that we become like Jesus Christ, because we've put him on, we've let him come into our lives. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. How does, how does faith come? By the hearing of the word, by the preaching of the word of God. The knowledge of God comes from this book, from God's word. The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He doesn't hold anything back. It's everything that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's God who gives us the, the ability. The, uh, he's, he's the one who changes the nature. He's the one who gives us that, that new nature that everybody has to have in order, that changed nature in order for a man or a woman to go to heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Does that mean that you are sinless as you walk in this world as a saved person? You get dirty, just as your feet gets dirty when you walk on the ground. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. That's the saved person from all unrighteousness. Well, how do we how do we become a new creature? Well, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 tells us how we do not become and how we do not by works of righteousness. not by, you can be as good as you want to be, but you're not good enough. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Uh, How do we become a new creature? Romans 10, 9 and 10. You can't improve upon this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God, Jesus, I know that you're the Savior. I know that you can save me as you saved that thief on the cross who hung there and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. And Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Heaven would be hell to a person without a changed nature. Galatians six fifteen says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor in circumcision but a new creature. It makes no difference what you try to do on your own. You're not going to get to heaven by doing things that you think is going to get you there. It must be through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing physically that you can do that will get you into God's heaven. You must be a new creature. Heaven is a holy place where the righteousness of God outshines the sun. I can't wait to see it. Now with my eye, human eye, I know it would blind me, but I believe that when I get there that I'm going to be able to experience the brightness of God. I'm going to see God for who he really is. I see now through a glass darkly, but then face to face with my Savior and with God the Father. I'm looking forward to that. Well, in order to go to heaven, not only does it, Man or woman, not only do they have to have a changed nature, a new nature, the divine nature, but I see also in the Word of God that in order to go to heaven, a person must have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. These are disciples who were sent out by Jesus Christ and he's telling them something here. He sent them out and he said, you're going to be able to cast out demons. You're going to be able to uh, heal the sick. And he said, "Uh, don't rejoice in that. He says, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. There's nothing greater than that today, than our names written in heaven. Revelation 20 and verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. How sad that is. Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it that anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie. But they which are written, what? Where? In the Lamb's book of life. A person must have their name written in the Lamb's book of life in order to go to heaven. When is our name written in the Lamb's book of life? John chapter three and verse three, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. makes no difference how smart you are. How much knowledge you have of this world and the things of this world, that's not good enough. Here was a man Jesus was speaking to in John chapter three who was the cream of the crop. He probably knew the Old Testament frontwards and backwards. He probably knew the words in the Old Testament. He was a man who was respected as a religious leader and as a knowledgeable person in this world. But yet, he came to Jesus and he wanted to know something. He wanted to know how he could go to heaven. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. How does a person's name get written? It's written when you're born again into the family of God. Born again. Born again. You know, some people, some Christians think that they have to hold out. After they get saved, they have to hold out. Some people think they have to do a lot in order to be saved. Well, let me say this. Who ever heard of a person giving birth to himself? The Bible says it's not of us, doesn't it? The Bible says it's all of God. God. You cannot be born again by being good, by good works, or mom or dad being a Christian, or church membership, baptism, or what have you. You must be born from above. You must be born again from God. Being born again is all of God. And once again, Titus chapter three and verse five, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saves. Well, in order to go to heaven, a person must be made a son, a child of God. Can you imagine, can you imagine the, the, the greatness of being able to say that I am a child of God? Can you imagine? Only sons, children of God, are going to go to heaven. Only God... Only God. The new birth can make you a son or a child of God. God is not the father of all men. Don't you believe these socialists who say, can't we all just get along? We're all children of God. Don't believe that for a moment. Don't believe the fact that they try to use what we call the Lord's Prayer. My Father, which art in heaven, God is not the, he is not the father of everybody in this world. The socialists will try to tell you that, and they'll try to tell you that everybody are supposed to be the same. They were supposed to be the same. He is the father of only those who have been born again. Turn with me to John chapter 8, if you would. John chapter 8. Now People will stand and they'll say, you shouldn't tell people they're gonna go to hell. You shouldn't tell people they're dirty, rotten sinners. You shouldn't tell them they're lost without Jesus Christ. You should be a little nicer. You should be a, a little more understanding when you stand in the pulpit or you go outside of the building and you tell people about Jesus Christ. You need to be a little more understanding Well, let me tell you something. Jesus didn't mince words with people. Jesus stood up because he knew he was right. He knew he was God. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew that he came into this world. God with us, Emmanuel. John chapter eight and verse 41 says, Ye do the deeds of your Father. Jesus is laying it out to these people now, the scribes, Pharisees, and the people who were listening. Ye do the deeds of your Father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Keep in mind that these, many of these people, once again, like Nicodemus, was the cream of the crop of the religious crowd. They should have known who Jesus was. Being in the Old Testament, they should have realized that the virgin was going to conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. But notice what they said. We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43. Why do you you not understand my speech? And he answers that question. Even because ye cannot hear my word, they were blinded to the truth. Does he mince words here? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, he is not your God. There is only one God that you serve today, and that is the devil himself. That's what Jesus said. Ye are of your father, the devil. These scribes and Pharisees, the Jews that Jesus was speaking to in John chapter 8, verses 41 through 44, They blasphemed our Lord on many occasions. And in verse 41, they said, We be not born of fornication. And this statement was accusing Jesus of being illegitimate. Well, the Bible says he was born of a virgin. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Matthew 123, Isaiah 7:14 Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel God with us If you do not name Jesus Christ as your savior he is not your god there's only one god you serve and that is the devil himself When are we made sons or children of God We are made a child of God when we are born of God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, John 1, 12. Something else. In order to go to heaven, a person must be made like Jesus. Romans 8, 29. For for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Many brethren, not just a few, as some would tell you, that he chooses certain people. That word predestinate, people have turned that upside down and inside out. And I pray in my heart that these people are doing that. I pray that they're saved. But God said, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of the children of God. Not just a select few whom he put his finger on. God is... He's no respecter of persons. If you're here today without Jesus Christ, there's one person that's calling you and that's the Holy Spirit today speaking to your heart. If you're listening, God is speaking to your heart today and saying that you need to do something in order to go to heaven. What shall you do? And you need to be asking that question, what shall I do? Now there's many things that we can look at concerning salvation or being a child of God, I see one word that catches my eye. And that word is sanctification. Sanctification. And I'm gonna look at three aspects of that. First is positional sanctification. Sanctification set apart. Position. First Corinthians chapter one and verse two, unto the church of God which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified, set apart in Christ Jesus. Called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Positional, we're placed in Jesus Christ once we trust him as Savior. We're there, that's positional. Then you have progressive. Progressive means as you yield to God. Romans chapter 15 and verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. You can't set yourself apart. God has to do it. That's progressive daily. Daily as we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's a progression. You're not a full born adult in the family of God when you're just born again. It's a progression. You grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then the word complete. This, of course, awaits the coming of our Lord. Ephesians 5, 27, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Folks, that's when we're complete. That's when we're complete. The whole earth, the whole creation groaneth now, waiting for the redemption. You see, not only... Do we wait as saved people for the redemption, for the final aspect of being uh, complete with Jesus Christ? But the whole creation groans, waiting to be delivered from the power of sin, from the power of darkness. Well, in order to go to heaven, you must also have God's Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? When I first got saved, I smoked a cigar. I smoked a pipe. I'm not saying that to brag, but what I'm going to say next is what I want you to hear. After I got saved, for a few weeks, I happened to be in the house and I was looking around and I don't know what I was looking for, but I happened upon a pack of cigars and a pipe. I said, bless God, I'm doing good. Here, all these things are laying in here and I haven't, I haven't touched these things. But you know, the Spirit of God, I hadn't been saved long, but the Spirit of God still spoke to my heart and said, you better get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get it out of here. I took it out, and that old 50-gallon drum we had out back, I threw it in there, and I burned them up. Now, I'm not telling you, and you've heard this before, I'm not telling you that you're going to go to hell by smoking a cigar, cigarette, or a pipe, but it'll make you smell like you've been to hell and back. And you need, you need to ask God to get rid of things in your life that is going to blemish you, that's going to give you something that other people do not want. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. What, well, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? Romans eight fourteen for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I was led by the Spirit to get rid of that junk. I was starting to pat myself on the back and getting puffed up with pride. Pride cometh before a fall. And you and I, really today, the only reason we're here is because of the grace of God. The grace of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's the reason you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, so that you can spiritually discern things. First Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that you, you, ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? That is, if you're saved, you are the temple of God. And then, finally, in order to go to heaven, you must be made an heir of God and joint heir of Jesus. Romans eight sixteen. the Spirit, here is the Spirit again, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Do you know you're saved today? Have you trusted Him as your Savior? We often hear... Preachers stand and say, if you cannot name the day, time, minute, second that you got saved, there's something wrong with you. But i submit to you today that the Holy Spirit knows if you're saved. You know if you're saved. You may not know the exact second that you were born again, but you know that you know that you know. Why? Because you're there. You know you have the Spirit of God because He dwells within you. Romans 8, 17, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Galatians 3, 29, and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That doesn't mean we become a Jew. But when we believe God by faith, then we receive the promise of God made to Abraham and that promise is righteousness. Abraham believed God, didn't he? James 2.23 And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Titus 3.7 That being justified by his grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. God loves everybody in this world. He gives everybody ample opportunity to receive his son as savior. What shall I do? Well, here's what you can do. Admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Recognize that you cannot go to heaven the way you are. Romans chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You need to realize. That eternal life, heaven, comes from Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Tell Jesus you want to go to heaven. What shall you do? Tell Jesus you want to go to heaven. Romans 10, 9 and 10, once again, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness the innermost being. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It makes no difference who you are. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Rich, poor, sick, alone, mean, happy. It makes no difference who you are. Jesus said, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting that I can put my arms around you and say, Welcome home. I've been waiting for you. If you will ask Jesus today to come into your heart, he'll save you. And, Christian, he's there for you as well. He's placing his arms about you. And he says, Fear not. Fear not. Now We see these signs that says faith over fear. We see that. Faith in what? We have the upper hand, those of us who know Jesus Christ, because we have faith in a real person. We do have triumph over fear. Let's pray.